Arts Mid North Coast acknowledge the Waramai, Birpai, Dangari and Gumbangi people, the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live and work in, and pay our respects to the elders past and present. The Art Remedy Podcast, brought to you by Arts Mid North Coast. In this episode of The Art Remedy, we continue on from our last Art in Lockdown episode and our flashback to the first COVID lockdowns in March 2020, when the Australian Government first announced bans on public gatherings and travel to prevent the spread of the pandemic. Following these announcements, the National Association for Visual Arts rolled out their COVID-19 Arts Impact Survey for visual arts organisations and artists. The survey heard from 3,000 respondents and assessed approximately $50 million in losses from over 39,000 artists and arts workers impacted, with 475 organisations recording events or activities affected. Those in the cultural sector are no strangers when it comes to resourcefulness and finding creative solutions to problems. Here on the Mid-North Coast, our three regional galleries were quick to adapt to new ways of delivering their services to the community. Kath Fogarty, Cultural Development, Gallery and History Services Coordinator at Coffs Harbour City Council, Bridget Patil, Curator at Port Macquarie Glasshouse Gallery, and Rachel Piercy, Director at the Manning Regional Art Gallery, shared with me their experiences during last year's COVID lockdowns. My name is Kath Fogarty. I am the Coordinator of the Gallery, Museum and Public Art for Coffs Harbour City Council. The Regional Gallery in Coffs Harbour is a cultural service that's supported by council. And like most public galleries across regional New South Wales, they're all supported, or the vast, vast majority of them are supported by local government. And like parks, gardens, ovals, sporting facilities, the council has a responsibility to provide cultural services to the community and that includes libraries, galleries, performing arts spaces and the degree to which council supports those cultural facilities varies from community to community but they are public spaces like those other other types of facilities and spaces that I mentioned. It is a space that belongs to the community. And I always say to kids when they visit the gallery and you're talking to them about an exhibition, I will always say to them, this gallery belongs to you. This is your space. You can come here anytime you like. You can bring your family here. This is your space. Because I think it's really important that the community has a sense of ownership and especially for kids, that they understand what a public space is and that they have a sense of ownership of that space. And, uh, of course, with regional galleries, the emphasis is on visual arts, whereas in a performing arts area you've got dance, theatre, music. I think galleries are places definitely where you can connect, but they're also places for reflection, for appreciation, to engage with our 
creative world and the, the, the artists and creative people that we have in our community that tell stories through visual mediums. When you say what was happening just before the news broke, I think that the, the biggest thing was that we were all still reeling after the bushfires and everyone already felt on high alert because of how close and how ongoing the bushfire season had been and we were directly impacted by that in and around the local government area. And so for COVID to then emerge on the back of that was just like, okay, so what's this going to mean? And of course, we heard about it internationally before it was actually on our own doorstep. And I think there was a big sense of unknowing around it. Like, how are we going to manage? What are we going to do? And I think council was very proactive in making sure that we were as well prepared as we could possibly be. And as part of that, we actually closed for a period of time. Well, you know, the statewide mandate was for a lockdown period and to stay at home wherever possible, etc. So the gallery closed and that was... A huge thing for us and we did our best to relook at our entire program which had to be rescheduled we had exhibitions like the Archibald coming which we were very lucky that we were able to reschedule to the following year we had a large community-based exhibition of local artists and scientists which had to be postponed so the whole exhibition program was completely reshuffled because we were closed. We wanted to make sure we could still honour the commitments that we had so everything was juggled around. In terms of trying to maintain a connection with audiences, I think we did a few really good things. There was a project that we launched called Be Still. A lot of people would be aware that we have a biannual national art prize called Still, the National Still Life Award, which focuses on the genre of still life. And so we encouraged people to take images of their life in lockdown and post them to Instagram. So it became an Instagram-based exhibition and people locally and internationally could participate. We then made a selection of works from the posts on Instagram and printed them out. And we put them up on the wall in the gallery as well as using a space in Bellingen next to the Emporium so that there were two locations where these works were being seen both in the community and in the gallery space. By the time the gallery reopened, we were able to reopen and people could come in and see their images on the wall, which was really nice for people who had A, never visited a gallery before, B, weren't actually artists. Some were artists, but not everyone was an artist. And I think just that level of engagement was really fantastic. We did have a lot of people come in who had never been in before and the buzz of seeing their work on the wall of a regional gallery was really exciting. It was the idea of our acting curator at the time, Cecile Knight, and it was really well received. And the interesting thing about still life and the lockdown is that there were so many elements of or, or themes that were touched on that exist within still life, which is sort of around the mundane and taking notice of your environment and 
the the internal life of your home, but also the things that we choose to surround ourselves with, and the very presence of life and death. And in the and in the instance of of COVID, you know, we were hiding in a way from from this virus and we were being dealt scenes and images of death around the world mass graves being created for people in countries that didn't have health systems as good as our own and so we were being confronted on a daily basis with our own mortality which is one of the really key themes of still life is about transience and life and death and how our material world and the objects that we leave behind are somehow indicators of where we place value I guess. The other thing that we did was we started to make use of 3D virtual tours of exhibitions and that was also really beneficial and it meant that for the first time people could visit the gallery or the museum which we also had a 3D tour of so people could visit the the gallery and the museum and get a sense of what the space was like. And we had people as far away as Victoria get in touch with us and say that this is great. It really felt like it gave them an insight into the the exhibition that we had on in the gallery at the time. The third thing that happened, which was almost coincidental with COVID, not because of COVID, but it was launched at that time, was a new digital platform that we had been working on for a couple of years called Coffs Collections. And this was a project which basically took the gallery and museum collections and put them online. And on top of that, it included our local studies collection. There's a whole lot of documentation and a lot of the the museum's collection is image-based, like historical images. So people could visit Coffs Collections and explore what we have behind the doors, inside the collection room. Not physically as a 3D tour, but people could look at what work was actually in our gallery collection or look at objects in the museum collection. So that was really exciting and and then we had links from all these things from the 3D tour from Be Still and from Coffs collections connected through our social media so people were able to still engage with us mm-hmm. in that way That was Kath Fogarty from Coffs Harbour City Council sharing some of the ways the gallery and museum continued to reach and connect with the community through the use of digital technology and social media. Over in Port Macquarie's Glasshouse Gallery, the biannual Northern Exposure Exhibition, showcasing leading artists from our region, was also forced to close its doors. I spoke with curator Bridget Patil, who in collaboration with the exhibiting artists, created short homemade videos talking about their works which were shared online. It was um, a really exciting exhibition time for our programming. We had um, Northern Exposure here, which is a mid-north coast showcase um, with 64 artists from across the mid-north coast. So it's always something that we really look forward to. Uh, We had two artists in residence here, um, Laura Jones, a Sydney painter, and Asha Milgate, who's a photographer. 
and so it was a beautiful beautiful opening lots of support it was kind of the last hurrah we've called it even I've seen lots of, of our patrons since that time um, to see you know close to 300 people in our space um, we didn't realize how much we take that for granted uh, and then having to shut the doors on that so early so it was only really open for a month um, which you know I really it wasn't an easy thing to do I think even just felt wrong morally as well you do so much hard work to bring and showcase and and um, you know it, it really lifts the mid north coast artists spirit something they really look forward to it's only held every two mm. years so yeah closing the door was like this is devastating and we knew that everyone was doing it so it was collective pain um, but it was interesting then for me to go okay well everyone's going on this virtual space now everyone's stuck at home it's digital or nothing and because that particular exhibition Northern Exposure all those artists range in I suppose different age groups and strengths when it comes to digital so I was trying to rack my brain to go, how do I get them online? How do I reach them? How do I get them to um, record themselves perhaps if they don't even know how to use their phone? Have they ever sent anything in this way? Because the files are quite large. So I was trying to figure out the easiest way to get them to send um, me a little bit of something so I can showcase them. Yeah, I think we take it for granted and you know, the role of a regional gallery really is for the community and having them, you know, my directive was always, I want them in the space. I wanna interact with them physically. I want them to have a place to come and to connect and, and meet and enjoy the arts and, and you know, boost up that culture within this region. Um, so when you have to go digital, it's like, Oh, so before that was where we were putting all of our energy. So now switching it and going, well, do we have the audiences in that space? And, and what, what platforms are we going to do it on? Is Instagram something for um, some demographic? Probably not. Is Facebook something? Okay, yes, it is. But what's happening with the algorithms? You know, they're all changing and it becomes about, you know, who you, who you like kind of contacted the most. And so will they see it? And then the website as well. So kind of thinking around what is actually, is our audiences going to be able to access? And is it worth spending all this time and frantically putting it on all or going for one? So for instance, with the uh, Northern Exposure videos, um, I created basically my own video and taught them how to make their own tripod out of a cup or a bulldog clip, um, how to frame your background and make sure that they were comfortable, that it should only go for this long, the file size is going to be this, how about you we transfer it, don't send it through emails. So all these little tiny things because I suppose as well as a regional gallery curator, my role is to be one-on-one -on -one with people and if you can't go into their homes, how else can you mentor them and help them? So, you know, it was great. I think we had something like 28, nearly 30 artists got back to us and, you know, they had some troubles along the way and we just talked them through it. And, and then Michelle here, the uh, assistant in the gallery, she's a photographer, so she did panning of all of the works that they spoke about and then we got our designer to pop them together. 
As Bridget alluded to in our interview, it was really important that galleries were strategic in the content and work that they produced in response to the COVID restrictions and what online platforms they considered. Rachel Piercy, Director at the Manning Regional Art Gallery, echoed this need, making sure any new initiatives have a life post-lockdown. I'm Rachel Piercy and I'm the Director at the Manning Regional Art Gallery in Taree. I manage a small team, but a very passionate team that have been with us at the gallery for a long while. We've got an Assistant Director, Jane Hosking, and a Public Programs Officer, Ali Hay, who we work together with to build our programs and to bring art to the community. Regional galleries are really unique to Australia and they're really important as well. They're unique because we're similar to like a a major institution, but on a smaller scale. So we have lots of those touring shows, those big shows, but then we showcase our regional New South Wales artists. We bring new and innovative ways of working and practice, and we share those with our community. We're also a community hub. We're somewhere that people come. They like to gather here, meet, be nurtured, be nurtured by the art be nurtured by each other. They like to experience and socialise in the space. That's that's probably one of our really biggest things that we can do for our community. And we're also a place to start telling those stories of our region as well. So we really love to support our regional artists that tell those stories and they become very relevant then to our community to come and see those stories. Without that relevance, then we don't have an audience, which is really important. Uh, we had the Moran Portrait Prize up and we opened the show and we had probably about 80 or 90 people here at the gallery opening the show. That was on a Friday night. And I quipped at the beginning of the opening and said, oh, well, we mightn't see you all next week. We all might be um, behind closed doors. And that's exactly what happened. So we'd opened the show and then we were closed. And it wasn't too scary at that time because it didn't it it was new we didn't know what was going to happen everyone was in the same boat it was the whole of Australia we all were in the same situation as far as regional galleries and our public institutions so we felt quite supported in that respect and everybody was feeling the same at that time then I think back to the fires and only sort of three four months before we'd shut down for seven days and that was oh my gosh the gallery shut down for seven days but now we're shut down indefinitely and it was really really different so straight away the whole team we really went okay well this is an opportunity and working in the creative industries uh, everybody seems to be able to adapt and adjust really quickly and think creatively outside of what we've got to do so straight away we knew that we had to continue to support our gallery, our community in what we do and how we can get the word out. So we organised two walk-arounds. So we straight away digitally walked around and Jane walked through the gallery space and did an interview and talked about the Moran Portrait Prize, um, which was fantastic. Uh, Straight away went up onto YouTube. We also straight away worked with the libraries and other sections of council to find out what their plans were and how we could work together to continue to support our region. So we created a take-home pack that was from year fives to seniors. It had um, art activities, it had literature work, it also had mindfulness, how to stay calm and those sorts of things. So they were the the sort of things that we started to share amongst our other organisations. Internally, we straight away went, anything we do we need to make it worthwhile when we reopen. So there was no point doing something that was short-term or we're going to do all of this work and then we wouldn't use it when we reopened. So we started to go, okay, we do art 
Art Central, um, a kids art class. Right, let's let's move that to digital. So that moved online and all of the packs and everything that we created and started to create for that, we knew that we could then use them when we opened up as well. Then we also had some... Um, earlier videos that we made with the studio spaces exhibition so we had 16 artists that um, all participated in the studio space we worked with fairfax media and they helped record those um, in studio videos and they got so many hits when we had the exhibition but this was an opportunity to do it again so that's what happened so we were able to share those and also have new videos created as well we also did some make it make it at home videos so we started a whole program make it home at midcoast during the covid crisis we are finding new ways of engaging with the arts through online technology but we also need to recognize that not everything can happen online so which of the programs developed by regional galleries will they continue with and what role does the arts play in our recovery from this crisis? We're now into our second lockdown and I know that you're busily preparing one of your biggest exhibitions really that you have at the Manning Regional Art Gallery. So you've got your Naked and Nude Art Prize. So how's that looking we're sort of we're very very lucky that the art prize is a group show so we've still been able to uh, create a digital version of it online and then we're also um, looking at Shopify and being able to have the artworks for sale that's something that we really also understand that's really important for the creative industries is that it's been an industry that's been smashed by COVID and we need to now support them in any shape or form and so if that means that we make a sale for an artist then that's what we can do and it's exciting so that's something new that we could go okay this is something we can do for um, our regional artists that we have lots of people that sometimes they can't make it to the show from Sydney and now they'll be able to look at the works online and purchase those works. It's interesting as well because there was so much content online and um, some not so good, some fantastic. And I know myself, I felt a little bit, I couldn't digest it all and I couldn't be on that in that space for too long. Um, so you needed to be outside and you needed to just be not thinking about being on social media too much. So yeah, you've got to have that balance, I suppose, for us as well. And in the future, we're making sure that anything we do do within, we know we can use that again and, and work with the artists to keep promoting their works further beyond their exhibitions. I don't think we will turn every gallery exhibition into a 3D tour, but the ones that are specifically related to our area, we will. Mm -hmm. So as an example, we did recently have the, the Touring Archibald exhibition here. We wouldn't do a 3D tour of that because there's so much on the Art Gallery of New South Wales yeah. site and it's got all sorts of media coverage and everyone knows about it. But for exhibitions by local artists mm -hmm. or such as we did a, the, our first 3D tour in the gallery was of local Gambanga artist mm -hmm. Brenton Lugnan and that had an enormous amount of traction. Incredible actually how, how many people visited that online as a 3D tour. And we have an exhibition coming up soon, The White Bluff Project, which is an artist science collaboration. And because that's by and for our local community, we will make a 3D tour of that because it 
gives those artists greater presence and profile and it also gives audiences the opportunity to see and find out a bit more about our local area. So we think about what exhibitions we do turn into a 3D tour. I think we have to give a little bit of variance in what we're doing. I think also the industry really, everyone just went okay well let's all go and it was too much it got to a point I think where everyone was virtually overloaded and and didn't know where they stood and and then that reality of COVID not ending was starting to play with mental health Mm. I believe and um, so people were switching off so it's like okay well what is interesting well let them know what's going on and and working with certain people probably just coming up with new creative ways of working, I think is probably the best way. Um, I think videos are great to see inside the space. The virtual tour was a really a big winner. People like to be able to come in their own way and their own time and and look through if they couldn't visit. Um, so I have a few ideas, and you know I work collaboratively with other artists, and they've done their own production. So it'll just keep ticking on. I think we all. That's the best thing about being a creative. You. You just come up with new ideas. The thing that everybody turned to in lockdown were the arts, whether it was knitting or drawing or reading or watching movies Mm. or picking up an instrument or singing, like all the things that people were really tuning into were our creative selves like the internal world the creative spirit and I thought how interesting that was given that in our society whether it's through our education systems or political systems that arts is so poorly recognized as a key pillar of what builds social cohesion And I thought that COVID demonstrated how much people relied on the arts to sustain themselves at times of crisis. But yet the artists themselves, and especially the performing arts, suffered really badly because the people who made their living from that industry or from that realm were completely neglected and very much left out of any consideration in terms of financial support. You know, there's this incredible irony, I don't know Mm. if irony is the right word, or situation where the thing that really sustained us in that time was not really valued within our economy-driven political fabric. Yeah, that made me a bit bit sad but I I saw it as a real opportunity to to highlight how important the arts were. I think art is extremely political a a lot of the time and I think that art and artists can help challenge our way of thinking and it's important to have a voice to that challenge. As an artist they are dedicated to their practice and their work ethic but it's also about challenging audiences and making people really think about how we live on this planet and how we live with each other. So I think artists are clever at that and that's why you always go to the artists. I'd probably just like to say how the industry supported us 
all each other so much. That was probably one of the most fantastic things is that we were able to talk with our community in a different way. We were able to support our volunteers who couldn't come to the gallery space. So I made regular phone calls to all of our volunteers, checking in on them. They were able to connect as well with our social media pages, but then through our take-home packs, it just sort of cemented the connection even further which was really positive out of, out of a very dark time. Yeah, and I, I hope that we all get better at, at being able to connect with each other, whether it's a virtual way um, or whether it's a, just a phone call. <laughs> I think that's often nice. And we're really lucky in New South Wales that our galleries are still open. So even that in, in one way of connecting, get in there, creatives, go back to your galleries, reconnect with the staff there and you've got to remember it's your space. It's for the public. It's, you know, we're not doing it for anyone else. We're doing it for you. And, um, you know, we try to make it as interesting as we can, but it has to be your home and it has to be somewhere that you feel comfortable and they're all COVID safe. They all have to go by regulations. So everyone's working really hard to make sure it's clean and we're all got, <laughs> we've all got our spacing. And so, um, yeah, I think just knowing that sometimes can also be just lessen that anxiety that's happening. This is Liv Parker and you've been listening to the Art Remedy podcast by Arts Mid-North Coast. Thank you to our guests, Kath Fogarty, Bridget Patil and Rachel Piercy. You can catch up on the current exhibitions and events from our regional galleries through the Creative Coast section of our website, artsmidnorthcoast.com.